welcome. Yes, welcome to Sanctuary First, to our weekly review. And it's the first Friday in Advent. And it's great to have you with us tonight. And we're going to be thinking about hope in the midst of darkness and how we can find hope and share the hope of the gospel and the, and the hope of glory in a world where there can be so much sadness and difficulty and struggle. And we're so welcoming tonight a Daniel Ferguson, who is a worship leader in West Hill Aberdeen, a community church. And uh, we're going to hear more about what Daniel's been up to in the last few weeks. Uh, we welcome our usual resident panel, James Cuthcart, <laughs> Laura Dagan. Hi, everyone. And Ian Jemison. Peace. <laughs> and hidden behind the weekly review, keeping our technicalities all going, is our good friend Ray Manger, who will be putting up some of the of the uh, Daniel's music for us later on this this evening. So listen, this is a tremendous time of the year, isn't it? Oh, one other thing, we're just sad that uh, Jane Dennison isn't able to join us tonight. She's just a bit under the weather, not feeling too good this evening, and she's had to draw out at the last minute. So we wish Jane well, hope that she'll be better soon and, uh, and she'll join us on another occasion. But uh, so it's, it's a great team we've got tonight uh, and uh, we're going to have a great chat and it's going to be really worthwhile staying around. So I hope you're able to listen to us and join with us. Jane has been writing about Advent. She's been writing about the prophets. We're thinking about prophecy and uh, where are the prophets today? And why was prophets important in this whole open plan of God? God is, is talking, preparing us for the coming of Christ, but something more than that. I think the coming of Christ is not only the coming of Christ historically, but the coming of Christ, which is still to be. Mm. And also this eschatological idea, which is a, moving us out of time into eternity and oh ian loves this he'll oh, get yeah. us all involved in this as, <laughs> as we start breaking the time and thinking about the science of it all so we're going to be thinking about advent as just an amazing time where a time and eternity break into one another and we have an incarnation god with us and that's what we're going to be thinking about but uh, before we get there what candles have been lit for you this week, Laura, in the darkness? Oh, um, well, do you know, I've been, uh, I've been uh, joining with the Sanctuary First community every morning at seven o'clock for prayer. And initially, I just thought, it maybe just be myself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> be myself. And... Oh, I just feel, I feel like I've got the kind of candle, the candles of hope going, the candles of love. Um, it's It's been a real joy this week to kind of feel that, that love of the community, you know, coming together, you know, to pray. Um, it's been really beautiful. Yeah, it has been good. It really has been good uh, getting up that wee bit earlier and joining you for that time of prayer. Eh? Laura. What about, what about you, Daniel? What candles have been lit for you this week? It sounds like you've had a pretty bad day today and this is a, you're, you're gonna, we're going to light some candles and cheer you up tonight. Hey, listen, um, I've had a good day. It's just when, when you've got a couple of little kids that are causing 
holy chaos around your house, <laughs> it, uh, it can certainly wipe you out. So I, I do have the coffee at 9pm, which I'm going to regret that later. But um, but no, I've, I've, I've had a good, a good week. Um, we, I, I was saying to, to you, Albert, and, and the guys before that we, we went for a photo shoot today and um, not like a fancy, like, you know, oh, I went for a photo shoot, but <laughs> my wife, Becky, won a photo shoot um, out of a competition. And uh, we went there today with the kids and it was, it was lovely, actually. No one was sick, um, or at least not drastically. Our, our little boy, Ezra's six months. So, you know, that's a, a common occurrence, but it was lovely just to, to be with them and see their little faces. And I know that when we get the photos back, I'm going to be wiped out. My bank balance is James, what candles have been lit for you this week? Well, I'd, I'd just like to note as well that um, no one being sick, at least drastically, um, <laughs> is a great marker of a good day. Good. <laughs> uh, well, I have a wee daughter uh, myself who's uh, 10 months and uh, she has just been uh, loving this nativity set. Um, so we've got her her first nativity set. And it was her first Christmas, so you know, her first nativity set. And it's these wooden figures, and uh, she's bonded instantly with the Joseph figure. Um, and I like to think it's because it looks a bit like me. He's got a big beard, um, and he's wearing the blue and stuff. And I think she's like, "That's Dad, but in wood." Um, so that's uh, that's giving me a little ego boost. The wise men are like nothing, not bothered about the angel, but she just carries Joseph around with her. Um, but no, it's really lovely seeing seeing this whole world that's opening up for her and learning how to, um, yeah, I don't know, how to talk about things like faith with, with um, children who aren't even speaking yet. It's a whole interesting challenge and, and something that's been uh, really lovely. Juno, you're talking about, uh, if, since you're talking about children, I have my granddaughter over today, 16 months, uh, little Bartha, and uh, she, we've had her all day today. And um, she goes over to the, the nativity scene that, that Martha's mum knit. It's a knitted one. And they, there's a, a lovely one, the baby Jesus. And the baby Jesus is wrapped up in, and it's got a wee straw, that, you know, but it's knitted. It looks like straw, but it's a wee blanket. And she's also got a wee, baby Jesus has got a wee shawl. So I noticed that Martha was interested in the baby Jesus and then she looked at the baby Jesus and she chucked the baby Jesus away and she went away with the wee shawls. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some of us do that from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, Ian, what, what candles have been lit for you this week? Hey, oh, goodness, that, that, that's a hard one. Uh, I, I mean, the biggest candle is the fact that there's a vaccine. You know, yeah. seriously, happy days. Um because this is the beginning um, of the end of what we have all been going through for the last, nearly the last year. It is remarkable and wonderful and the people responsible are incredible people and um, wow, just wow. UK in this respect played a, played a blinder, there's no, no doubt about it. So. Um, I was blessed and I was just uh, just in awe of the people that did that. Um, had some interesting personal things in my life this week. Um, I can't really go into them, but uh, I've seen a different side to some of the people that I work with. Not closely, by the way, I want to make that very clear, but in, in, in other spheres, um, which have been both good and also 
you know, just kind of distressing and disappointing in a way um, about how disposable um, people can become to other people. Um, for myself, though, I, I was like, well, you know, you have everybody has to do them, and um, you know, people should go ahead joyfully, and I'm quite happy with that. But it's kind of I had a bit of disappointment this week. Um, and uh, but that, but do you know what? There's nothing wrong with that, and there's nothing wrong with change. Um, and I, for one, I'm just quite happy just to embrace it and, and move forward. But it, it has been an interesting week, um, and as such, I've decided that I've been Bono for a long time, and that um, I'm now going to be the edge for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> a seamless shift, Ian. Absolutely, <laughs> just, just like that. <laughs> Yeah, and I've always thought you were, you were Bono and the Edge together, you know, when you... <laughs> anyway. Different sides of the same coin, brother. <laughs> Listen, um, tonight, the, the thing that we're thinking about is we're going to be... One of the things we're going to be talking about with Daniel is this whole area of um, mental health issues that are around today, but also uh, linking that in with this whole idea of Advent and the, the, the promise of hope and new beginnings. And, and I mean, Advent is seen as the first, the beginning of the, the, the new year of the church. The, you know, it's, it's the start of the church calendar, new beginnings. But, uh, and so we're going to be talking a bit about how people can find these new beginnings, but also how does the church be prophetic and speak out into the darkness to inspire people? And uh, I thought... Uh, I thought that uh, Jane in some of our writings this week was trying to help us to do that. I don't know if anybody wants to comment on any particular piece that, that, that touched you this week. Yeah, there was, no. I'm trying to get to the one that, it was whenever she had said about prophets, I, th I think it might have been, is it the one, uh, I'm just scrolling, you have to forgive me. Yeah, those who are listening in on the um, podcast, Jane is our writer for this week. And in Sanctuary First, we give daily Bible readings to, to the community. And one of the things we do in this podcast is we review some of the reflections. And so Laura is going to be talking about one that touched her this week. Yes. So it was the voices crying in the wilderness, you know, and a voice crying in the wilderness, the very essence of a prophet. Um, and then, um, so to be a prophet doesn't mean to tell the future. It simply means to speak the word of God to a people into a situation. And then um, a prophet's message is often unpopular. Voices crying in the wilderness often ignored. They have cried out against injustice, oppression and idolatry. And, and I, that's really, that's really touched me because I think, well, most people, I'm one of these people, I'm always about the honesty and the authenticity because I think that's really important for our mental health, you know, that, that we speak the truth. And I think sometimes that's, I think that's a problem that sometimes people don't always want to hear the truth. And that, I think that's where, and that's just really, um, that's really struck me because sometimes you know, speaking out and telling the truth and speaking God's word out into the world, it can be a lonely place, you know, and it, it's, mm. um, but that's, it really spoke to me that, but it also gave me, it gave me hope as well, you know, because 
it's like it is this I think acknowledging the truth of situations that then can lead to change you know if, if people can only listen um that that's then that leads to change um and because uh, I really I really loved the prayer as well that day um mm. where are we um there just to keep keep I keep moving here um God of the prophets, fill us with your spirit too. Fill our mouths with your words and fill our hearts with courage and guide our footsteps and our actions. And that it's like people, I think, think about, you know, prophets as being, you know, they, they know it's like somebody else. But actually we can all be prophets. You know, we can all, you know, be speaking God's words out and speaking God's truth out into a world that really needs it. You know, we just need God to fill our mouths and for us to have courage to do it. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that one, that one was a powerful one for me, Albert, this week. Good, good. Anybody else want to add to that or comment on There was something that, that was typed that, um, and, and, and I'm sure it was from Sanctuary First, it uh, was about listening for God's word in the unexpected places. Um, yeah, it was. That was another one uh, that she did this week. Um, what was it? It was um, coming up. In my, significance of the significance. Yeah. Significant. <clears throat> yeah. It was. On it. And that really spoke to me because um, that that has long been my experience of how God talks to me. Um, and mine is through other people, through the, the chance encounter, through the, you know, through the way that God reveals his plan for you. And um, my life is a strange one because it's full of big ups and big downs. You know, when you're up, you're up. And when you're down, you're down. Um, and you've got absolutely no control over it at all. And people think they do, but they really don't. Um, they do their best to... Um, you know, hold back the river and to do the best they can, and that—that's the reality uh, of of being a, a a doctor in my specialty. Anyway, which is to say that, um, as I say, sometimes people will let you down, and when I say let you down, you know, they they'll say one thing and then they'll they'll do another, and that will do other people significant harm. Um, a bit of harm and irritation to me, but significant harm to other people. And um, and I was feeling a bit raw about that, but at the same time wishing people well, because people will be people, and I can't judge people for being how they're made. That's, you know, you know I, and I don't judge people. That's, that's for God to do. That's not for me to do. Um, however, um, Joe and I had this thing this week and um, we suddenly looked at, oh my goodness me, um, nearly one third of our income is about to disappear at our bank account like next week, just immediately through the actions of somebody else and we thought, oh goodness, that, that's, a, that's a bit of a thing. And um, you know, about the uh, things that come from the blue and this morning I opened up Sanctuary first, and what did it say? All th all shall be well, and all shall be well, mm. and all manner of things shall be well. And I thought, you know, I remember I, I left a pretty big job um, in a forensic medicine many, many years ago. And I phoned up Albert. You'll remember this, Albert? Mm -hmm. 
I phoned up Albert from my car, stopped in the middle of Kilmarnock while I was having a bit of a panic attack and a meltdown about what on earth was I going to do with my life. Um, and I don't, I'm not even sure what we even talked about or we even said because I, I was in such a degree of distress and, and, and low mood that it was very difficult for me to remember that and anybody who's ever struggled with depression will recognise that, um, how it's often very difficult to remember um, how how you are during that moment. But I remember Albert saying a lot of things that night that, that just really centred me once again and what, what I was actually all about, you know, and all the stuff was nothing. But the core of what I was about um, was Christ and the cross and what I'd actually dedicated my life to as opposed to the stuff that we drag along in our wake, you know, as we make it through the world as best we can. Um, so all this to say, this morning, um, you know, in a bit of, still in a little bit of anxiety, um, I read that and I thought, do you know what? My life is not about stuff and things. It's about Christ. It's about the cross. It's about my family. You know, that's what my life's about. And and it's all, and do you know what? That it's all good. I'm just happy to have all of that. And yeah. so I felt thankful this morning, and it was thanks to that. Good. Thank you to that. That was lovely. Thanks for sharing that. You know, um, th- Daniel, when you're you you've been working in this whole area recently, you felt called to work. Especially with with younger is it younger men that are involved with just struggling with 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 mental health issues? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so like it pretty much started. I mean, start of two thousand and nineteen, or yeah, back back end of two thousand and eighteen, two thousand and nineteen, um, and I work with a lot of young people in my job as a youth pastor in our community and. It's amazing how much or how big a problem mental health issues are amongst young people. And um, I'd worked alongside a number of young people who had been struggling with severe depression and um, some who were, um, you know, just going through really dark times. And it kind of came to a a fruition where uh, a young, young lad in our community uh, he went missing um, for a number of months, but unfortunately he um, was found to have committed suicide. And it was in the midst of that, that me and my wife, Becky, we we felt a big call. And it's a big thing in my heart just to, to tell young people, especially, you know, young men as well, um, especially that there is hope in the midst of what they're going through and in, in, the, in the dark times that they're facing. So we started a Facebook page and we called it There Is Hope just to um, say what it what it is. There is hope, that's the message. And we just feel um, a big heart just to, to do something. And I know that it's not, we both, well, me and, me and Becky both know that we, we can't do everything. We can't even do a lot really, but we can do something. And even if it's a small thing, uh, hopefully it can reach out to someone, it can maybe encourage someone, it can maybe speak life to that person. And for me personally, I have struggled for a number of years with my own mental health. Um, so I'm sort of coming at it from that perspective as well, knowing what it's like to be in those quite dark times um, and also knowing what a lot of other young people are going through and wanting to 
share a message of hope um, with them. So that's kind of where it started. And that's the sorts of things that we've been doing around that Facebook page and Facebook group. Yeah. There's something so um, beautiful about the simplicity of that there is hope. You know, and I think I've had issues with mental health as well. And I think it's easy uh, to be met with a lot of, oh, it's fine, or you'll get over it, or it's not that big a deal or, or whatever. But when you're bearing a lot and you're carrying a lot, there's so much mm. to process. And actually that there is hope is a unit of information that maybe can sink through, you know, like maybe, maybe now it is terrible. Maybe mm. I can't see a way out, but that doesn't mean that there isn't a way out, that there couldn't possibly be some form of hope. Um, so that's really moving. That's a... A really striking phrase. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that that's often what a lot of well-intentioned people will do is to try and solve your issues or your problems, whereas actually it's it's more effective and it's more real and it's more, I think, more it's more like what Jesus would do just to actually recognize, yeah, actually what you're going through is, is hell right now. Um, and I'm not even going to try and begin to try and think I can understand it. Mm but I'm going to be here for you. And if you need someone to talk to, I can be that person. And it's a simple thing, as you say. And I think as well, like, it's a tricky one because a lot of the work I do, a lot of the, the young folk, they're not, they're not Christians. So like to, to come at it, like, Oh, just come to Jesus and all your problems will go away. Like they'll probably give me a symbol or something, you know, they'll probably, tell me to go away <laughs> to go away you know um but what i can do is i can say actually you know what i want to journey life with you and i want to come alongside you mm. not to preach at you not to tell you what to believe but actually to to be a friend to be a support and i truly believe that when we do that like my faith obviously comes up my faith obviously comes out what i believe and what i'm all about will naturally just come up in conversation and and how I act and hopefully absolutely hopefully it points them to Jesus um, but in that moment I think that there's something in that I can be that prophetic voice that light in their darkness and I can be almost like Jesus to that person I think we can all do that and I think that sometimes you know when we're thinking about you know oh we need evangelism is such an important thing and we absolutely have to be reaching out to people but I think sometimes we always think, oh, if I don't say this four points to someone, then I've failed, you know, and actually, <laughs> it's actually, I want to walk through life with you and my faith is going to shine through. And hopefully you experience the love of Jesus for yourself. Um, but I can just, I, I just want to come alongside you and be there for you. And if that is just a safe place for you to just let it out, then that is okay. And that's what I try and say to the young people because, you know, immediately when you say you're from a church or you're a Christian, a lot of the time they'll then, they'll maybe edit their true emotion, feeling, words. And I just try and say, listen, cut it out. Like, give it to me straight. Like, give it to me real. I don't care if you swear. I don't care if you're angry. I don't care if you hate God or whatever. Let it out. Like, give it to me honest. Don't try and like think, you know, try and be someone you're not just mm. to make me feel better because I'm a guy from the church. I want you to be honest and I want us to have a chat that actually goes deeper than just superficial stuff. Mm. So I hope that that's what we have started to hopefully 
that's what the heart is behind it. I don't know if we're doing that, but I hope that some people can, can feel that. That resonates very much with what you were saying at the very beginning of this uh, podcast, Laura, you know, about what's required, first of all, is this complete honesty, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, uh, and also that the first road back to healing in the scripture is also about honesty. And, uh, you know, when we come, I've just been writing the stuff for the next couple of weeks when it comes my time uh, for my, my reflections in a couple of weeks' time. And one of the things is looking at David's uh, is the story of Isaiah 51, or is it Psalm 51, where David is just uh, coming to God with a penitent heart, but he had to admit and look and see what his situation was, mm-hmm. and we have to face it. Mm-hmm. And when we, when we, and not camouflage it, and not, and and not pretend, you know, sugarcoat it. It's got mm-hmm. to be faced real, and I think that that's at the heart of. Um, and I, I like also what you're saying there, Daniel. I think this uh, d- going alongside because this is very Adventish what you're talking, very Adventish because uh, Emmanuel, God with us, Absolutely. God says, I walk with you. I was you just know. going to say, actually, Albert, in terms of the, the prayer that Jane wrote this week on, on Tuesday, the daily worship was called Emmanuel, God with us. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's absolutely where I was at, too, um, when you were saying that, uh, Daniel, because I think, you know, when you think about what Jesus spent his time doing and the mm-hmm. fact that the public ministry was a few years, you know, and even a lot of that was spending time having meals and with people. But when you think about the decades before that, what was Jesus doing? You know, he was with people he was with humanity he was getting to know us and um and in that prayer uh, that jane wrote you know she talks about the idea of with us and the joys but also the messiness the trials the triumphs uh, but in the darkness as well as the light holding us in all things laughing with us weeping with us and i hope and i think as christians we don't always do a good job of doing this but i hope you know in our faith we can say to people that there's room you know there's room for all of you and there's room for all of this experience and i think you know just as you said there with people kind of self-editing i think you know people think that the church is this kind of the public bit and the facade and meeting together and we've all got to be you know um your best behavior exactly on best behavior whereas that is you know just all cultural and all baggage and and irrelevant and and actually that you know when you read the actual bible you know you look at the psalms like psalm 51 or whatever you're like wow like this is intense this is heavy heavy stuff um and that's okay and god is in that um and um yeah we we travel alongside so that whole even just the the metaphor of being beside i think is such a huge thing um when it comes to mental health knowing that there's people beside you even if you can't look at them, you know, even if you're not sure if you want to engage, knowing that there's people there is, is huge. You know, I wonder if this would be a good, sorry, Laura, I was wondering if this would be a good time to hear Daniel's song and then maybe to, or do you want to add something there, Laura, that was pertinent there at that point? No, I was just thinking about, even for, I think that as well, sometimes people can think that they're not doing enough, you know, a, to, to, it's like what you had said, uh, Daniel, about you know, uh, you know how how you're able to kind of you know we can want to help people, you know we can want to kind of you know make people better, you know, yeah. and like I know myself, like my my son's got mental health problems and he's had mental health problems for a number of years now, and in the beginning, you know I really tried to make him better. 
you know, I was wanting to solve his problems and, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm doing all this and, you know, and then I would think that, you know, I wasn't being a good enough Christian, you know, because I couldn't solve his problem for him. But there is a real, I think there's something there where we have to know that it is enough to be able to be along, to go alongside people and journey with them mm. and just sit with them in their truth. You know, we we're not the ones that that can like solve anything or or making people better. I think it's just been there's something really powerful there, and just being able to get alongside people you've, and just sit with Laura, them in their truth. Laura, you've you've nailed it because see what you're doing is you're getting out of your own way. Do you know what I mean? You're you're not putting on the role that you've got like minister doctor preacher pastor whatever you're not you're not doing any of that mm -hmm. what you're doing is you're being real with people and that and i i try that's certainly what i try and do um which in my profession is kind of verboten you're not really allowed to be yourself but i'm just literally just myself the same as i'm with you tonight i will be tomorrow with the patients that i see i'm I'm just myself because I cannot be any other and to do so would be to inject um, something that was not true into those conversations and those consultations and, and I hope that I get out my own way. You know, if God wants to work through me, God can work through me and that's cool, that's all good. Mm. Um, if I can just stand beside somebody in, in their difficulty, it's a wonderful thing. It's a it's a very blessed thing. It's a, it's an honour, a privilege. Yeah. Um, it's the most incredible privilege ever. I mean, I, I can't. I, I I often think about preachers and doctors and you know people as who who are invited into people's lives at the, the point at which they're um, either very lost or or you know they're they're at their their lowest ebb. Um, and we have the honour and privilege of being there beside and to allow God to work through us. What what can be better? Absolutely. And we need to then deal with people with respect and respect what we hear from them yes. and uh, and hold it mm -hmm. and hold it and hold it for them. But I wonder if this would be a good time, Daniel, for you maybe just to give us an introduction to this beautiful song that you've written and tell us a little bit about it and what brought you around to writing this song. For sure, for sure. So um, for a number of years, I've been writing songs. Uh, I used to play in a band when I was a fair bit younger. Uh, and I'd always been intending to release music at some point. And anyhow, um, lockdown happened and I found myself, I often do find myself when I'm at a low point, picking up my guitar and just singing stuff. And it's a way of expressing for me. It's a way of letting things out in a healthy way. Um, and it always has been. And this song came about exactly like that in, in lockdown. And I was just in a low place and struggling with my own depression. And I picked up the guitar and I started singing this, uh, the, like the chorus, it came very quick. Um, and it's just all around that idea that actually when when you're in that dark moment, somebody just saying, oh, you know, um, I'm sorry that you're going through that. I'm like, well, 
I, I need more. Like there, ha there has to be something more than just a sympathetic throwaway comment or, you know, um, something. There has to be something more. And so this song is kind of a quite an honest portrayal of how I was feeling in that moment. And I hope that there's also a, a an element or a, a large element of hope in the song that actually despite what you're going through and however dark it can be, that there's always that way out. There's always a way through it and that whatever thing you're going through, it will get better and there'll be that better day um, if you can just hold on. And um, for me, like my faith in Jesus is what I hold on to. And literally I hold on to him. And um, so that's kind of what where the song came from. Sounds great. Well, let's hear it. If Ray's able to line it up for us, we can just have a listen to it tonight. I reached out for help when I didn't feel a thing I don't want to cry But all I see is yesterday Right now it feels Like this isn't living It was an empty place Where all I got was pain Right now it hurts so bad Why do I always feel so sad? Right now it feels Like this isn't living Cause sympathy is not enough When you're on the ground and taste the dust The walk back home is just too much to bear there's a line between you giving up and reaching out and mending up. There's always gonna be a place called home. Now I'm going home. And I cry out loud, and the hope is all I have. Loved and held is what I need right now. This hope is a place where I am living. And my dad once said, My son, would you lift your head? I'm always by your side. Now there's no reason to hide In his arms Is a place that I could live in Sympathy is not enough When you're on the ground and taste the dust The walk back home is just too much to bear There's a line It's gonna 
Just too much to bear And there's a line between you giving up And reaching out and mending up There's always gonna be a place called home song uh, if you really like that song uh, you can download it from uh, iTunes or Spotify and I would encourage you to do that you know there's always a place called home and if you're going through a hard time there is a place where you can come and there's a father who loves you and you know Daniel it reminds me of that true story of the Olympics I think it was way back in 2004 where the runner was running and he'd been prepared for that 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 race, and and he and he, he couldn't finish it. He stumbled and he fell, and his father was in the audience, and his father ran down, and helped him up, and then walked with him to the very end. Sympathy is not enough. Everybody else was sympathising with the guy, but the father went down and walked, mm. and journeyed with him. And if you're feeling broken tonight and sad and lonely and feel as though you don't want sympathy from this place, we've got more than sympathy to offer you. We've got a father, a loving heavenly father who loves you so much and who, who knows what it's like in the dark and, uh, and is willing to walk with you and reach out to you. Uh, 
So there's a sermon for the night. <laughs> you know, it's just these preachers, you know, you can't help them. You just, you just can't help yourself when you get a good line. That's it. Love it. Yeah. But, I, th um, yeah. I, th I think yeah. it's a brilliant, brilliant song. Um, and But there's there's one thing I would say that, that occurred to me as I, as, I, as I was listening to it, and that was... Um, uh, you know, it's so easy for us to feel sympathy when we come across a friend who's going through de depression or, or or really bad times, and we feel that sympathy. And sometimes we get dead stressed out by we know that you know, we kind of sense that our sympathy it just doesn't going to do it, and we kind of imagine in our heads that there'll be magic words that we can say. And I'm sure every minister around this table and and preacher, you know, and I'm looking at you guys, Laura and Daniel and James and Albert, and I'm sure that you must feel like, because I feel that, you know, that sometimes I think, oh, I don't know what to say and I worry that I don't have the magic words. Yeah. There aren't any magic <laughs> There's getting out your own way and let the Spirit of God do what the Spirit of God's going to do. Absolutely, Ian. and I think we need to realise that, mm. that it's not about you, it's about him, it's about the Father. And you know, too, is that we need to realise that the Father knows people more than we know them. And you know, in a strange way, they know the Father also, because he's, he's left his imprint on them. And, and there is an element of which we're told that in the scripture, that all of us know where home is. <laughs> you know, this is a strange, strange thing. The prodigal son knew the way back home. There is, a, there, there is always, we know, this is something that's inbuilt. You know, and somebody's listening to this tonight too, and you know where home is. And you don't need a preacher to tell you. And home knows you because you, you belong. And, 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 and I think that's where we need to stand out of our way when we say to someone, I'll pray for you. As though we've got some magic that they don't have. Absolutely. What, what is, I mean, what is that even about? I'll pray for you. No, I won't. I'll pray with you. With, with you. you. Exactly. I'll pray with you. Uh -huh. I'll pray for you. Come on. <laughs> you know, I, it's this knowledge that God is knowing. And once we start... Once we start realizing that, then it's that it's God's business, it's God's work. Mm -hmm. God's at work in the world long before we were ever there. But, but He's put us in these places to journey with people and to be the support and the friendship that they require. Mm -hmm. and, and it's that faithfulness that Daniel was talking about, journeying with people yeah, and not giving up on them. And you know, I think I think it's the same thing that we sometimes uh, hear people say, and that that can be very comforting to some people at certain times, is that kind of let go and let God. But actually, for for preachers and people of faith who are standing with people of maybe no faith, it, there is also part of you know let go and let God, and let that spirit communicate with that spirit. That's the kind of you know, people for Advent, I think, is a wonderful time coming as it does after Halloween, um, where we have this awareness of the metaphysical uh, and the supernatural. Um, and uh, for, for all 
you know, Halloween has been usurped with sort of silly lanterns and, you know, daft skeletons coming out the ground in your garden and all this nonsense. Which which is great, by the way. My son loves that. And I find, you know. But actually, there is that appreciation uh, of the the what is beyond death. You know, that there is something beyond death. Because it's something that each of us sense but cannot name. Um... And we can, you know, Christians can name it, um, and people of faith, of, of lots of faiths can name it, um, but other people can't name it, but they're aware it's there. They know it's there. I've I've been, I mean, I must, unfortunately in my life I've been at the bedside of many, many, many people who have passed on, and in my long, long years of doing what I've done, it, it is a regular occurrence in my life. Um, I, I wish it were otherwise, but it, but it is what it is. Um, and people will say in quite unguarded moments about the fact that the people of the the people in who have died have moved on, have passed on, gone to something else. Um, very seldom do you get people who put a full stop at the end of that life, at the end of that journey. Um, I haven't really met it. I think mm. in twenty seven years of doing what I do. Maybe can, a bit. can I ask you a question too? Have you not noticed when you go into that room, what I've noticed over the years, when the person has died, there is something mystical about that moment, that death room. Oh, yeah. yeah isn't there? I mean, you, you, it's palpable. Oh, yeah. You, there is something that you, you're, the person is gone. The, They're not there. Where have they gone? And this is this this advent is about God breaking into our time to tell us we are not alone. And this resurrection of Jesus, there could be no resurrection without an incarnation. It's a powerful idea that, that we really need to waken up to this story because it's so real. And, it, and it's opening us up to understanding death and coping with death and coping with the future and coping with who we are. We're not individuals, we're persons. But do you know, the, there is the gone and, and it's true. And and a lot of people who are bereaved will, will, will um, the medical jargon for it is that they'll, they, they'll have um, hallucinations, they call it. We like to call it that because in science we can't accept the metaphysical. We must name things. We must have a name for things. Um, and yet there are things that happen that are so profound to people um, and life-changing to people um, when when one life has ended um, and moves on. And you're right, that room there's a, par a palpable absence of the person. Mm -hmm. A person who has departed them. Their soul, their spirit, wherever that lies, is gone. Um, but I remember um, in my own life, I may have told this story before, but um, somebody very close to me died. And uh, I, it was quite sudden and I was very unprepared for it. And anyway, long story short, I did all the things that you don't do when you have a grief reaction, uh, which is another story entirely. But the, the bottom line is, years later, I'm standing in church. And we're singing a good old-fashioned hymn, just an ordinary old hymn, nothing modern. And I heard this person singing in my ear. And they had a voice like a crow. 
It was awful. <laughs> I turned around to see who was making this dreadful noise, and and there was but it was there wasn't anybody else there that they were all quite nice singers that were standing me, and yet I heard the singing right beside me singing that song, and it was as real as I'm talking to you right now, and I thought to myself, Do you know, the eternal breaks into the mm. breaks into the now unexpectedly but advent teaches us that we should be ready for it absolutely we should be for the messengers of god the angels of god who are to see the angels i mean it's interesting i've been writing this week look out for the next couple of weeks about balaam and the talking donkey oh it's a great story Uh (laughs) the donkey could see the angel even donkeys can see angels (laughs) <laughs> see people like us I think we're so much better than the donkey donkey can see the angel and we can't you know and I wonder if there are angels around us messengers from God speaking into our lives and we can't see them or, or we choose or we just don't recognize them because sometimes they'll come to us in the person of somebody else they'll, they'll come wearing somebody else's clothes that person may not even be aware that there's an angel mm. speaking through them. Yeah, Ian Walker wrote a beautiful song about there must mother. have been an angel in your head. Yes, there must have been an angel in your head. There must have been an angel. A, a beautiful song. It is a beautiful song. One of their album, one of the Van Gaal albums down here, and it just it was just electric. You know that kind of time in the studio. Get me, Daniel. You know this. That time that that there's that bit in the studio when you think. Oh wait a minute! This is this is proper good. This is a proper. <laughs> um, and it was that moment, and and Ian and Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Scott, his his uh, songwriting partner and his his singing partner in those days, um, and it was wonderful, just wonderful. Um, do you know what I mean? They say that beauty is not skin deep, but how can that be true? Do you know what I mean? It's just, uh, it's an amazing song, man. You want to listen to it. You want to this podcast, go listen to that song. It's fun. <laughs> also, it'll earn me a little bit of royalties, so just you do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I think this, you know, this story of Advent is one we need every year and we need at the start of the year um, about this incarnation and this sense. I think too often we live with this sense that like, the spiritual or the supernatural breaks in every so often rather than actually accepting the fact that we live, as you say, Ian, in a world that's permeated with this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was um, writing a thing in the daily worship um, at the start of the month about the idea of, it was a bit in revelation and all the different languages and then reflecting on this idea that um, God doesn't speak English. You know, God doesn't speak Scots. I'm sure he, he's quite good at conversational English <laughs> could do a bit of Scots, but you know, it's beyond language. And I think in terms of what you said before there, Ian, about the pressure on the sermon or the counseling meeting or the appointment to say the right thing. If we just take the pressure completely off that and we say, well, actually you, you can't because there aren't any ways in English to just kind of nail this down. And yet we do sometimes and we do it i think when we don't realize we're doing it you know you make a joke or you send someone a song or you just come alongside someone and share i think was it campbell talking about campbell dying one of his prayers about sharing sharing love in a sandwich or something like that recently you know this idea of actually just being next to someone you might somehow 
be the conduit of a life-changing, life-saving moment, you know, and you might afterwards think, oh, that didn't go very well. You know, all I did was eat a sandwich. Like, I'm, I'm mucked up, I'm messed up. I, who, who am I, you know, to, uh, to help? But, but we do, we, we help without even knowing it. And I think that's the um, wonderful thing about Advent, really, is I this mean, kind of story that dramatizes it for us. So true, James. And, and here's a story about Campbell Dye, one night in St. Andrews, one Friday night where normally people would be out partying and and all that kind of stuff and, and we, we got to talking uh, ourselves and, and some others who normally were not in Campbell and I's company and there was a bottle of red wine and we went to the all night bakery about one o'clock in the morning and we got a big bit of bread and some butter and Campbell sat round and, and we passed it round and Campbell said is this not a true communion? Mm-hmm. And it was an intensely spiritual learning experience that has lived with me forever mm-hmm. from that point. And, and I am sure, certain sure, that it See, lived in the hearts of those people. And it you've actually them. brought us to a very interesting theological point. You see, the communion is the one eschatological event of the church. It brings heaven and earth together. And it brings the incarnation and everything together in that one point of communion. Everyone who ever will be, ever has been, and has still to come is brought together in Christ, the one and the many. The body of Christ is broken. And we are brought up and contained within that act. It's an amazing idea, communion. Communion is it's not just a memory, a historical memory. No, no. It's the Holy Spirit constitutes, constitutes, brings together the future into this moment <laughs> and the past history into this moment. And all of a sudden, it breaks out of time and the communion is eternal. And and we and, and don't we as as people in the church who understand that who have the, this experience this lived experience of the metaphysical as well as the temporal isn't that where we bring that prayerfulness into the breaking bread with a brother or a sister mm-hmm. at a difficult time we're doing little more than making a cup of tea and having a biscuit but that can be a holy thing. And I think if you bring God into that, then you then you allow it to be the holy thing that it needs to be. But I think you you perhaps sometimes you have to remember that so that you can allow God to be in that moment rather than making it something frivolous and something meaningless. Um, sometimes that thirty seconds of you know this person's in trouble, God, just help me be with them. You know, help me. Say the right thing, Ian. You know, the very first Christmas movie we ever made was called The Least of These. Oh, yes, and you wrote the soundtrack for it. And Marcus Ford plays a starring role in it, but it's actually a true story. And Danny, here's an interesting thing your dad's one of your dad's best friends was a guy called Daniel Cousins, my godfather. Now Daniel Cousins told me this story and I then used his story to make a film of it. (laughs) And he told me this story 
Now, I don't know whether Daniel sometimes gilded something a wee bit, but it doesn't matter. He told me the story that it was Christmas Eve, or I guess is what I remember. It was Christmas Eve, and he was preparing the sermon, and someone knocked his door, and it was a, it was a tramp. And he wanted to chase the tramp away because he had too much on. And as he was about to chase the tramp away, something said to him, if that was Jesus, is that how you would treat him? And he changed his mind and he said, no, come in. And he brought the tramp man into his house. And he asked him if he would like a bath, if he would like a shower. And, he, and then when he came back from a shower, he gave him his, set of, his best suit and he gave him shoes. And, and the tramp man wanted to take all his old stuff with him as well. And he also gave him a meal. Now, what we did was we took poetic license. And if you watch the film, the least of these, it's actually one of the films that's in On Sanctuary First just now. It's been highlighted. It's as he breaks the bread, he has the meal, and, but it's the tramp man who breaks the bread and calls the minister by his name and gives him the bread. <laughs> and then he, he realises it's Jesus, the least of these. You know, and I... And, you know, that just reminds me, as you've been talking about that, that story came to my mind and that film. And it's interesting that you're all part of that, Daniel, tonight. But that whole story is such a poignant thing about communion. And the, we, we really should do more and more communions on Sanctuary First, Laura. We really need yes. to do this. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, we have, we have had a few ideas, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Teasing you, sir. We're teasing people. <laughs> I, know, I, hope, I hope we're teasing people to say, "Oh, when can we? When can we? When can we have communion that, that breaks into time and breaks out of time and takes mm -hmm. us into eternity?" Do you know Calvin said that? Calvin said, "Do you know the Sorsum Corda? You know we say, we lift up our hearts, we lift them up unto the Lord. Lift up your hearts. That's the Sorsum Corda. That's do you know Daniel? That's the message of hope." to lift your hearts up into the very heavenly places with God. And that's what communion does. I, 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 do you know, Daniel, I was moved when I heard your song because um, my own band, 316, back in the day were called Act of Succession. And our single um, was a song called Wellgate, and it was about Dundee. Uh, you may have heard it or you may not have heard it. But anyway, if you haven't heard it, you should look it up. Because, well, um, <laughs> uh, you know, royalties, right? Anyway, uh, so, <laughs> so anyway, um, the thing about, do you know what it, what it was about was we were walking down Dundee after a gig one night and it was dreech and windy and awful and it had been an alright gig and everything. Um, and we looked above the Wellgate Centre in Dundee and there was a massive flag with a rainbow saying, there is hope. And that is the line in the song. Above the streets there is a flag and she says there is hope. Which is probably about the only lyrics I now remember from the song, but never mind. Um, that's worth 27 pence in anybody's language. <laughs> um, but but I, I, I think what, what I'm getting at with this is that that idea expressed in song, in poetry, in picture, in dance, 
that message, there is hope, it rings through the ages, you know. I didn't know in 1986 when I wrote that song with Campbell Die that my man here, Daniel, is going to write a song along a similar vein in 2020. Some, you know, 30-something years later. And there it is. Again, there is hope. Do you know, this is what I mean about the, the eternal breaking into the now. There it is, that message. And if you, I think if you look for these things in the world round about you, you see them. Mm-hmm. There is hope. You are loved. Mm-hmm. You are a child of God. It's all there. It's right in front of your eyes. Like the donkey in Balaam's. <laughs> Even the donkey can see it. But we spend an awful lot of our lives shoegazing and looking at what's gone before and not enough of our lives looking forward. Absolutely. We a heck of a lot of our lives saying this is wrong and that's wrong and this is wrong and that's wrong and this, do you know what I mean? And this is terrible and that's terrible. But we don't actually spend time thinking, do you know what? Thank you, God, for giving me a roof over my head. Thank you for giving me clothes to wear. Thank you that my kids are healthy. Thank you that the dog always greets me with a smile when I come in when nobody else does, which is pretty much most of the time. But thank you for the dog anyway, because the dog. <laughs> Do you know? Thank you for Mrs. J who keeps me grounded regularly. <laughs> but you know, this is a good time to just say, just thinking. It's now two minutes past ten. We've been going for an hour. It's been a great night. Thank you so much for sharing. That flag of hope, Ian, there is hope over the well gate. And mm-hmm. even the name it is well, is well with my soul, all will be well over the well gate. There is hope. <laughs> and the well is the place where you get water of life. It, well, gosh, I could preach lots of sermons about that. <laughs> it's all there. You're fired us. up now, Albert. Absolutely oh, fired up. That's it. <laughs> well, Daniel, thank you so much for being with yeah. us tonight. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure and a beautiful song. Beautiful. A lovely song, yeah. Really Actually, amazing bit of songwriting there. Can I just say that, sir? That is a well-crafted, brilliant bit of songwriting. I love it. Thanks, mate. Thank, thank you. you. So, listen, um, James, thank you for joining us, and Laura, and also Ian, thank you for being with us. Next week, we'll be back with you again at the same time with the new delights and with a new theme to think about. And... Uh, I think it's open hearts next week. We're going to be thinking about open hearts. Today was thinking about God's open plan and the prophets and God's purpose and plan for our lives and that there is hope. Next week, we're thinking about the people we know in our lives with open hearts this this Advent time. So until next week, remind you that you can listen in on Sunday. And Laura, what have you got is on Sunday afternoon? Sunday evening, Sunday evening. Yeah, 6.30. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a contemplative um, service. So as we've got um, a few meditations and we have a, a, a really sublime song from um, Ian Padgett this week. It's just, tune in just for that alone. It's so wow. good. You won't be disappointed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Great. And, uh, well, until next week, we'll see you. And thank you to you, Ray, for joining us and being with us and for uh, keeping the track together. So until next week, God bless and have a good weekend. God bless.